Hello and welcome to the Reading Entertainment Podcast, episode 423 for October 29th, 2023. My name is Nathan Reeton Spruth, and I'm I'm back. And joining me this week, we have Connor the Cyberpunk Monk Bash. It's me. I'm here. You're here. Uh, Aroa couldn't make Okay. Aroa could make it, but he's watching the uh, Five Nights at Freddy's movie. Which is probably a better use of someone's time. That's fine. I, I well, actually. Okay. I, I don't know how good that movie is. It's actually, it, it might not be that good. I'll talk. I'll talk to you about that in a minute. But first off, let's let's do the little bit of of whoring ourselves. Where can we find you? You could find me. You could find you. You could find Aroa at aroa.website. That's spelled out exactly the way it sounds. Uh, two of those links that I would like to draw your attention to. One of them is Clinton Score Classics: A Rise of the Rune Lords Pathfinder First Edition Actual Play Podcast. It's done. It's all done. And uh, you can find it in most places that fine podcasts are found. And Had a little hiccup and... this week, but we fixed it. I was going to mention the hiccup. So, yeah, I dele- I was like, hey, man, everything's moved over, right? And you're like, yeah, it's all good. I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to delete it from our old servicer. Um, and, and apparently everything was not moved over correctly. <laughs> I and, had no idea. Luckily, a fan of all people was in the, the Discord and was like, hey, uh, fuck Nuggets, where's the show? I didn't yeah. say fuck Nuggets, but then I was like, what, what are you talking about? Oh, no, where's the show? Yeah, it was, uh, we had to move over, like, we, we were able to import the podcast into our new hosting provider hosted by our good pal, Aroa, uh, but then you have to change that directory to like Spotify and iTunes. So it's pointing to the new address. Mm-hmm. And we did not do that part. That's the same thing that happened when we moved the Reet and Entertainment podcast over. I was like, ah, it should be good. Ah, shit. It was not good. I, I understand exactly why what went wrong went wrong. Basically, the service was looking for an RSS feed that was no longer there. Mm-hmm. And I get it. I get it. Like if, if you don't explicitly tell it, but the good news is everything was transferred over on the Aurora side of things, as far as I could tell, without a hitch. Somebody's gone through and listened to every single episode of Clinton Score Classic one time already. I am impressed. Did it not carry over the analytics? I, th- I believe it should mm. have. I don't think it did. Uh, unless people... In fact, I'm positive it did, because I know we had at least 100 listens on the last episode of Clinton Score Classics. Right. But the thing is, I wonder if, if you go to like iTunes... And check iTunes might still have it, but then I'd have to go to iTunes. I'm not sure how willing I have to do that. Right, but I wonder if you if you go to the Spotify page, will it show that number of listens? It just doesn't show on our new analytics. I don't think it shows that at all. Like on Spotify, does it? I like I don't have Spotify Plus or whatever it's called, so maybe that's like a bonus feature I don't have. I don't know. I I don't really care. Like, yeah, it doesn't. It's nice if people like it, but I don't really care. But yeah, so we've got, what, Bug City Blues, that's a new one, and we've got yeah. Rise of the Rune Lords, which is all done, so if you want to listen to a full, complete, enclosed story, you can you can do that. That's right, Nathan. You could also check out Bug City Blues, a Shadowrun 6 World Edition actual play podcast, wherever fine podcasts are found. I, I'm not sure if you're like in a hurry or something. We don't really have that much to talk about today. No, I'm not. Uh, you There for a second, you, you reminded me of The Price is Right. Yeah, I was I was kind of putting on a show for yeah. the audience. Yes, the the audience of one. But uh, you can find me Nathan Reed Spruth. I'm I'm on Twitch mainly. You can find me on Twitch 
facebook.tv forward slash Reeton. I'm Reeton everywhere. So if you if you look up Reeton, you're probably going to find Scrabble letters. And then if you scroll down, you'll find me eventually. Um, and and I'm trying to get the algorithm to recognize Reeton as me instead of just being Scrabble letters. But we'll see how that goes. One and day you will be one step above typo. Maybe. What? Well, first off, I'm going to talk about Japan a little bit. Yeah, uh, do it. Nothing. It, it was awesome. Uh, go there if you have the chance. Right now, the yen is is at a 33 year low, which sucks for their economy, but it's really good for me when it's I'm great trying. for Nathan's. It's it's great for me because in, you know, I would buy a, a ramen meal, which in 2019 would have been around nine dollars. Still. A fucking ramen, like full meal with like six gyoza, a bowl of ramen, and a drink for nine dollars. It's amazing. Right? Yeah, you're eating good over there. Yeah, it was five dollars and twenty cents. Hell yeah, boy! So just everything was so cheap, um, which was which was amazing. I bought a belt for seventy cents because I went to their their version of a dollar store. And which is a hundred yen store, so everything's a hundred and ten yen because of tax, and it ended up being like seventy cents is what it ended up costing me for like a a decent belt, which was nice. Uh, and then so they never had to worry about people not having cheeseburgers when we hit out ever again. Exactly. Uh, we had, or or I had some a little bit of loneliness for the first week just because Aww. I was. I was there by myself, don't speak the language very well at all. And so I was just like, man, I wish somebody were here with me. Uh, but then I went to wrestling, and the guy I sat next to spoke some English, so we spoke about wrestling. He made me jealous because he said he's he lives just a few minutes from the Tokyo Dome. Cool. And so he goes to their version of WrestleMania every year. I was like, you motherfucker. It's awesome. <laughs> they talked, uh, and he's like, my family. Yeah, it was it was fun, and the there was a couple in front of me, who they were they have like a sign that they were holding up for the the team that they like. I don't know who who they are, but you know it was it was they were they were taking pictures individually, so like the girl would take a picture of the guy, guy would take a picture of the girl, and I was like, eh. I, so I used my translator and said, hey. Let me take a picture of both of you holding the sign. Like that that way you have that memory or whatever. You'll have that together. And they're like, oh, thank you. And so I take the picture. And then a few minutes later, they leave. And when they come back, the girl had used the translator to say, thank you so much for taking that picture. Here's a bag of potato chips as a way of saying thank you. And I was like, yes, potato chips. Hell yeah. Um, and I have two more stories. Uh, about interactions with people. Um, no, actually, that's that's the that's the first story about interaction with people. So whenever they look at that picture, they're gonna think, "Hey, that's that nice guy that took the picture for us." Um, but then on the flip side, I was walking around a place called Funabashi, and I was like, "I have to go to the bathroom really bad," and I found a I found a place that had a sign for a toilet. Went there. Turned out it was like a restaurant. <laughs> And I go up there, and it wasn't, like, nobody was in there. It wasn't open yet or something. But I was like, hey, can I use the toilet? And the lady's like, yeah. So I go in. I go do my business. And I look over, and 
their toilets are way cooler than ours. So all of them are like heated seats and they have a button you can press that'll make like, like wave noises to cover up, you know, what you're doing. It's great. And so I look over, I'm like, oh, there's the flush button. I was incorrect. It was the panic button. Every toilet needs a panic button. Yeah. So it started beeping and I did, and it didn't flush the toilet. So it's beeping, and the lady like, it, lady hears the panic button go off, and so she's worried about me like knocking on the door, and I'm still trying to flush the toilet. And so I was like, now, like that lady is always going to be like, ah, that one dumbass came in and just pressed the panic button in the bathroom. Uh, so yeah, it was uh, it was fun. It was good times. I would recommend everyone go to Japan. Uh, obviously, try to learn some of the language before you go over there. But if you can't or don't, uh, Google Translate is fantastic. It doesn't work yeah, all I, the time, but it works well enough. My experience with my very, very brief time in Japan, I was able to basically just point at everything that I needed. And people yeah. would nod and they would hold out their hand and I would give them money. And they would give me some money back. I don't know if it was the right amount or not. And everything it, turned out a okay. Yeah, it's funny. They're they also have a different like system. So not most of the time you don't hand them money. Most of the time they have like a tray and you put the money in the tray, and mm-hmm. then they take the money. So you don't just hand it right to them, a lot of the time. And um, so like all like I would go to hand them money and then they just point at the tray like you dumbass, put it there, <laughs> and then they would take what? the money. Luckily, being right next to the airport, I think they were aware of the Baka guy jeans. That that makes sense. Yeah. We, well, I was I was uh, I'm paranoid when I go traveling, so I don't want to stay places that are more than like 15 minutes away from the airport. Oh man, I walked around Japan a lot when I was like, well, the the we had the layover. I confirmed it'd be like a two hour at max process to get back in through customs. I was like, I'm gonna go exploring. Well, that that being that's true i i agree with you i went and explored a lot you know i went to tokyo which was an hour and a half away from my airbnb and stuff but for like the airbnb or hotel i like to be there so be close to the airport that way when i wake up in the morning i can get there very quickly because i don't want to get stuck in stuck in traffic or something it's okay you don't need to get emotional uh that was a almost almost burped it's okay Uh, let it out but yeah, Japan was awesome. Uh, I I would recommend you go there some sometime by your well, not by yourself. Maybe maybe take somebody with you. And uh, the only Are you thing propositioning is, me, Nathan. The only thing, yes, yes, I am. If you want to take me with you to Japan, I will totally sign up for that. So uh, romantic, especially if I get seventeen hundred dollars out of it. That'd be great. Um, yeah, and that's another thing is I didn't spend any money over there. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I don't remember if you told the story or not, but it's definitely worth telling. I did. Uh, I did the one time I was on the podcast, but basically I got $1,751 because they overbooked my flight. And instead of going from Vancouver to Japan, I went from Vancouver to Zurich, Switzerland, to Japan, which added on 16 hours to my trip because it's a 12-hour flight from Vancouver to Zurich. And then another ten hour flight, nine hour flight from Zurich to Japan. Yeah, that's that's a lot of flying. That's a lot of flying for one day. It yeah, it really sucked. Um the good thing is the flight from Zurich to Japan, 
I didn't realize I was super tired. And so I ate my whatever dinner they gave us and I passed out. And by the time I woke up, there was only five hours left on the flight. So I slept for like four hours. I can never fall asleep on airplanes. It's it's the noise. It's the claustrophobia. It's the the just being too close to people. Well, very jealous you could even do that. And you're big. Like you're you're a tall guy. I I don't fit nowhere. The only the only tan that I get when I travel is the tan line that my spine becomes trying to fit inside of the airplane. Oh man, you got to get like a business seat, but that's like at least twice the cost, which is awful. Yeah, I ain't doing that. Anyway, uh, let's move on, and we'll talk about what games you played this week. I haven't played that many. I do want to talk a little bit about Halo Infinite. It's having a, it's having a bit of a moment right now. I saw a story uh, that somebody had, like, it was like an opinion piece, saying that uh, Halo is, like a, is having a renaissance for Infinite now? It feels like it. Uh, what's, is it getting better or more people just playing it or it's having a resurgence in people playing it. Definitely. There was just a world championship. Uh, I don't remember exactly what it was called, but I want to say it was like the fifth of such iterances of this championship. And it got like a, a bunch of people watching on Twitch. It got a bunch of people playing it again. Oh, good. Uh, they, they revamped a whole lot of the progression system. You can now customize your helmets with any of the cores and it's not limited one-to-one. Like they're making smart decisions you might even say decisions that should have been made on day one uh that are just more user-friendly in general yeah it's it's still a a money farm it's still buy another battle class please but Uh, but like it's it's also still halo yeah at least with infinite the the multiplayer is fully free to play um i don't like i hate battle passes but this is the first time i've ever bought one and I still, that just doesn't feel right to me still. Yeah, like with Overwatch, it, it upsets me because I paid for the original Overwatch. Overwatch 2 is free to play, but they give you absolutely nothing if you, are, if you ha- had bought the previous version of Overwatch. And they took down mm-hmm. those servers. Do you know what specifically my favorite part of Halo is? Uh, it's customizing it's... the armor. It's it's saying, oh. "Wow, you look at my cool Spartan guy." It's it's it, I've I've talked about Timmy Johnny and Spike on this podcast too many times to recall now, but it's the Johnny part of the game. I love it. In Overwatch, it's my favorite part. I love it, even if you only see it for a couple seconds. I love it. <laughs> Taking that away or putting it behind a paywall is penalizing the players like me, it's... holding us for hostage. Yeah, it's awful. I that that was. I remember customizing my emblem a lot in, I believe, Halo 2. Mm-hmm. Halo 2, Call of Duty. I'm also going to throw an honorable mention that the cars in Grand Theft Auto. When oh, yeah. In San Andreas, you could mod your cars. That became the game for me at that point. My girlfriend's son is, like, obsessed with cars. And so I bought... I have a PS4. Um, I basically gave it to my ex-girlfriend because I, or my ex-girlfriend, my current girlfriend, who is not my ex-girlfriend, future ex-girlfriend. And um, I gave my PS4 to her and um, she, and then I bought one of the GT, not GTA, Grand Theft Auto, not Grand Theft Auto, Gran Turismo games. And all he does, all, all her son does is like modify cars in that game. So like every time I I see him playing the game, it's just him messing with little cars and stuff. 
So when are you going to get him hooked on Armored Core? Uh, I don't know if he would be good at that game or enjoy like, it. It's literally mi- just car games that he likes. Okay, I, I mean, I get it. Maybe not everyone has, like, the motor skills for the action and stuff like that, but, like, find a mech-building game or something like that. That might blow his teeny little mind. Yeah, he also likes the the car mechanic sim- simulator. I got him that game at one point. Uh, anyway, did you play anything other than Halo Infinite? So here's the deal. I mentioned last week that I got a new AR headset, the the the, the Quest 3. Oh, yeah. It got me one of them super-duper long cables to connect to it. I got me a pro strap, so it's... Like, I could see myself using this for long-term, like, extended durations now. But I haven't had enough time to actually play around with the Steam Link connection to it. I've gotten as far as getting the Oculus Quest to work, uh, the, the, the app to work in my computer. And then I said, great, while I'm downloading stuff, I'm going to experiment with Google Earth and just get a feel for the the controllers and the latency. And then I got distracted in Google Earth for, like, three hours straight. And then by the time that I got back on track, I had to go. Interesting. Ever have that happen in VR where you put your headset on and then you take it off and like everything is dark and all the lights are off and like you're like, oh, I've just been doing this in the dark for an hour, haven't I? Uh, No, I haven't. But that's because usually when I would do VR, it would be during uh, like my streams. And so Ah. I would do that for literally I'd have it set for three hours to do that. And then the uh, i haven't been able to do vr in like 3 years so you know one day one day i'll be able to do i'll have room to v, do vr again but we'll see when that happens but maybe someday i got a couple more games to talk about real quickly yeah what games um, are those g- games that not so much that i've been playing uh or, that's not how i meant to say that it's not so much a video game that i've been playing i played so much magic the gathering this week the card game yes Man, I love this game. I really miss playing it as much as I used to play it. And all I can think of is all the times that I've tried to play this that haven't been like playing with my small group of friends recently have just been disasters. I wish Magic the Gathering wasn't so full of people who I couldn't tolerate. Because it, damn it, this game is fun. There's a lo- it, it, there was a person, I'm not going to name his name, but there was a person that I and you knew who always got on my nerves and I remember when I was playing Pokemon and I believe it was Pokemon Black so a long time ago and they're like oh what are you doing for your EV training and I'm like I have literally no idea what that is and did he tell you that you're playing the game wrong basically yeah they're like you're playing the game wrong like how did you even spend your childhood I was like i fucking played games without worrying about like min maxing my characters that's what i did um when i and- worked at the video game lab at depaul i met a lot of people who were very confused and dare i say even i'm gonna say offended with just the the way that these not so socially inept people were responding that i was like i don't do any av or ev training i just play the game and have fun with it homie yeah and- got a problem with that and what what brings that up is it sounds to me that's the type of person that would get really heavily involved in Magic the Gathering. I've just I've been trying so hard to like expand my social circle, like because I feel like that's the appropriate healthy thing to do, right? And I, every time I do, I, I find a new reason to hate people. 
Well, yes, it's it's difficult making friends, but that's okay. Especially like with again, when you have a a, a, a when you have a hobby that has such devoted people who are going the the ones that you're going to run into at the shops and who are so hardcore about it are going to be the ones who min max and want to make their cards like the best cards and like make the best deck possible which are just the the worst type of people to interact with i knew somebody who every time a new like pack would come out i don't know how they how they do it but there'd be like a new set of magic cards he would literally go to the store and spend three thousand dollars going to every single store that had magic cards so that way he could try to get all of the cards in that set depending on the set he might have actually made his money back and then some it's the the ironic thing yeah he might have so we I used to, definitely not that amount, what we used to do is I'd throw down 20 bucks and me and my six other friends would do the same thing. We'd buy a single, like, big box, and we'd all split that up evenly. Just mm -hmm. doing that, you get a pretty decent chunk of magic cards over the course of, I don't know, half a decade or something like that. So the people who do that consistently, like, every three months, every time there's a new set, I've seen them before. It's, uh, okay, let's just, just say what it is. It's mental illness. Yeah. It's, 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 don't do that. Don't, don't spend it's that. Don't do that. Again. Uh, but did you play anything else? You had what you said uh, you had one more? Did I? I? I'm trying to think about it now that I've said that. Uh, it, it's just trying to get stuff working in VR. Like I'm a little bit in between games. I'm sorry. I, I think I did have another game and it, it totally slipped me while I was talking about that. I'll, uh, I'll rudely blurt it out while you're talking about it. If it comes back Perfect. to me, how about that? Perfect. So today, uh, when I was in Japan, I got a couple video games. I didn't get as many games and stuff as I wanted, but I did get uh, a game I can't play yet called Star Wars for the original Nintendo. Well, the Famicom. Uh, it's the one that notoriously at the end of the first level, you fight Vader and you hit him and he turns into a scorpion. Yeah, just like in the movie. Yeah, just like in the movie. Uh, but I, I, I bought a Famicom and I did not realize that the Famicoms used only RF. Oh, yeah, you're going to need a uh, adapter. Well, or yeah. Or a converter? Converter? Yeah, yeah, I looked, converter, yeah. I looked on how to do that, and apparently it's a pain in the butt. Um, and and Because you have to mod it. And I was reading through it. It's like, okay, first off, you identify this chip, and you cut this pin. I'm like, okay, that's fine. And then you build a circuit. And I was like, what? <laughs> that's right. Break out the breadboard. Yeah, they Man, seriously I had just... a breadboard. <laughs> I just took out, uh, so I'm like going through my stuff, finding out like what I want to keep and what I don't want to keep. I decided I'm keeping the soldering iron. I'll find another use for it someday. Mm -hmm. But man, it has been a long time since I've had an excuse to use that. Yeah, wouldn't it be fun to mod? Like, is there any scene for console modding now, or are consoles just awesome? Uh, it is huge. There's a look at um on YouTube. I'm gonna shout them out. Macho Nacho Productions. All right. And he goes through all sorts of mods for like uh, changing out the disk drive in your your Dreamcast or PlayStation, and like RGB mods and HDMI mods. Uh, yeah, that, that's a huge uh, scene right now. I am one hundred percent gonna check that out. Not that another project is the thing that I need in my life right now, but uh, yeah, that sounds like one hundred percent the sort of thing that I want to be doing. Yeah. So. Uh, and then I played, so I bought that and there was another game I bought. I was looking for, uh, virtual pro wrestling one and two, 
could not find them because they're somewhat they're not super rare but they're sought after and so it's it's hard to find them and there are two video games for the nintendo 64 that were basically if you ever played wcw nwo revenge or wwf uh no mercy uh that's the the japanese version of those games and those are for n64 yeah weirdly enough i have played those yeah and they're so good they're they're very good wrestling games uh and i wanted the virtual pro wrestling ones because you know they have japanese wrestlers and stuff uh couldn't find them but i did find one called victorious boxing and it's part of the best collection so i probably got the wrong game because people hate those greatest hits but whatever i don't care uh, I played that a little bit today. It was a little weird to get used to uh, because it uses tank controls. For, for the, a wrestling game? For the, uh, it's a boxing game. Boxing? No, I mean, that's, that's still not what I was expecting, but go on. It's a little weird, but it was fun. I played it for about half an hour, and then I, I stopped playing it. Uh, on Friday, I got a free code for a new game that just came out. It's a survival game called Return to Moria, where you play a dwarf, you know, going through the mines of Moria. And it's, it's all right. It's a, it's a survival game. Do you wake up the game. bear lore? I, I, no, I'm just so bad at, I'm so bad at survival games. I just don't care enough, I think. And it's, you know, it's always, oh man, I want to make a forge. And they're like, all right, get 45 stone. I'm like, son of a bitch. <laughs> And you, that's that's it. That's the entire game. Is like, you get you get a certain resource to build something, and then you have to get another resource. You you use whatever you just built to get another resource to build another thing, and then you just keep doing that as you try to get deeper into the mines of Moria. And then it, there's another settlement that needs your help. Exactly. And then there's another cave that needs explore. Yeah, it's boring. And it might be better because it it does support up to four players. It might be better multiplayer, uh, but I'm not quite sure. Uh, I did get a little mad because I made a little like, uh, little settlement and put up a wall and put up a door. And then when I came back, the door was broken down. Somebody broke down my door. I was very mad. Um, other than that, I played... Excuse me. Hiccup again. Uh, other than that, I played some Starfield. And that game is... It's okay. It is okay. I, I wish Starfield was so much more than it was, coming from a person who's never played it. It was exactly what I thought it would be. 100% the game that I thought it would be. Um, I know a lot of people were, were expecting more out of it, but I was like, nah, it's Bethesda. <laughs> it's Bethesda. I know already what it's going to be. It's like um, somebody, somebody, one of Aroa's friends... Uh, and I kind of had an argument when The Last Guardian came out. And I was like, The Last Guardian looks awful. Um, and they're like, oh, no, they have like such a great track record with Shadow of the Colossus and Eco. And I was like, ah, those games also look terrible. I'm sorry. Like, I, I get it. People love those games, but I, I did not enjoy them. And then when The Last Guardian came out, it was a mediocre mess. And I was like, what did you expect? Like, the gameplay looked terrible. <laughs> It looked like you would try to get your dinosaur or whatever to do something, and he would just refuse to do it until you jumped around in the 
correct spot because that's what the fucking game was. Why did you expect it to be this amazing masterpiece? But it was going to be a cinematic experience. I, I think that's actually exactly what that was supposed to be, was if you play by the rules, it will give you a one-for-one one cinematic experience. But, like, at that point, just make a movie, homie. Yeah. It's it, not fun playing a game that forces you to stand in a square so it could play around you. Yeah, but, but yeah, Starfield is... It's exactly what I thought it would be. It's a lot of exploration, some story, and... I'm still having fun with it. Like, I don't hate it, but I also didn't have, like, super high expectations of it. Uh, the last thing I want to talk about is this morning I woke up at, like, f- 6 a.m. because my sleep schedule's messed up, and I watched uh, the, the Five Nights at Freddy's movie. It's, uh, it's all right. I, Matthew Lillard's Did it scare in it. you? Uh, I mean, obviously, no. I don't get scared by scary movies. Not like, even they, a little? Not even a li- the scariest movie I have seen recently uh, was I think a year and a half, two years ago, and it wasn't a horror movie. It was a documentary about a person who only has like a, a 20 second memory. And so he can remember everything before a certain time. But uh, not well, actually, he can't even remember that. Um, there are certain things he can remember, but he got an infection and it went to his brain. And by the time they found out what was going on, he had basically lost all working memory. And so um, you can sit down and you can have a conversation with him. And then if you leave the room and come back, he'll not know who you are. And that was the scariest movie I've seen <laughs> in the last Memory's two years. a fickle thing. Yeah, and it's just like... But it's amazing because before he had the, you know, the, the memory damage, uh, he actually worked for like the BBC doing um, music for the BBC. And he had, you know, he had taught music and it was his life. And so he still can sit down at a piano and play music beautifully. And then once he's done playing music, you're like, oh, how was that playing music? And he'll be like, I haven't played music in years. Oh. And it's just like, what the fuck? <laughs> if that ever happens, to, no I, am, I am telling you right now, Connor, if that happens to me, end it. Just I, I will play this in court. You have my word. Yeah, just do it. Just be just take a fucking guitar string and fucking choke me to that. I don't care. I won't fucking remember it. Uh, yeah, my mom and I had a uh, kind of sobering conversation about dementia uh, not too long ago, and it was like, if if I think I'm at my family's house having dinner or something like that, just fucking let me think it. Just let me believe that. If it's if it's like I'm, you know, if I got get Alzheimer's or something, and like I I don't know, I, you know, it takes me twenty five minutes to find my shoes. I probably don't want you to end it, but if it's like I literally only have a 10 second memory, no, that is the most terrifying thing that could ever happen to me. Um, All right, I'll, I'll get that written <laughs> up and, and notarized before next episode. But that being said, Five Nights at Freddy's is not terrifying. Um, it's it's a PG 13 horror movie. So Matt Pat's in it. Uh, I will spoil the Matt Pat cameo. Uh, a group of char- a char- a bunch of characters go to a diner. Matt Pat is the waiter. 
Um, they don't order anything. And he's like, you know, breakfast is the most important meal of the day, but that's just a theory. And they're like, go away. That's the right response. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, like, I, I looked up because I was kind of not paying attention at that scene. And I was like, fucking Pat. It makes sense. But still. Uh, we're going to move I, on. Oh, I, I do wonder if they reached out to Pat or if Pat was like, you guys. I think. You guys, come on. They, they probably reached out to him, I would imagine. Like, hey, man, do you want to be a diner in our movie? Uh, yeah, do you want to be a waiter in our movie? Or a waiter in a di- you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hi, welcome to Matt Pat's. I, it was weird that, um, Matthew Lillard's in the movie. I didn't realize, I didn't look at anything before I watched the movie. So I was like, is that Matthew Lillard? Is that, I assume that's his name. That is a person, it's Shaggy from, uh, the Scooby-Doo movies. Oh, I'm glad you said that. I, I thought we were talking about the same person. <laughs> Did you? I, fuck, I don't know, man. Oh, okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move on, and we're going we're gonna to talk about some stories. Uh, two kind of infuriating stories, but they're stories nonetheless. Uh, YouTube is introducing dozens of new playback and interface features. Um, I guess it's, this part's not infuriating. Um, it's just weird. Um, many users are likely frustrated with YouTube's recent aggressive push against ad blockers and its ad-free subscription price hike. These decisions appear to be small parts of, uh, of a significant refresh that the platform is ro- ro- rolling out, which adds numerous features for a smoother playback experience. This is from TechSpot. Um, there's, I wish there was just a bullet point list, but or I should have created one, but I didn't. Google has announced the rollout of three, about three dozen new features, which we will not be talking about all of them. Uh, one feature gives viewers quicker access to faster playback. Instead of accessing a drop-down menu, full screen, or portrait mode, offers fast forward at double speed by clicking and holding anywhere on the screen. So That's wanna, cool. Uh, which, is, which is pretty good. And then once you let go, it will return to normal speed. That seems like the natural evolution. Like I use that that double tap to go ten seconds forward or whatever the hell it is all the time. All Being the time. Being able to just like tap tap hold. Okay, I know where I'm at in the video. Done. Take yeah. that it in video ads. Yeah, I hate those. Like the uh, Linus Tech Tips. Like here's our spot. I will say uh, it's so funny that Google is like, nope, can't use ad blockers. And okay, here's these tools so you could skip all the ads. Yeah. I mean, well, it's DVDs did it, right? But way mm-hmm. back in the day where you couldn't skip the ads before a DVD. I remember those days, the dark days where you just turn off the TV and let it play. I wonder, oh man, don't, I fucking, I hope that I'm not giving Google any ideas, but to make a feature where you can't skip forward during those sponsored sections. It's coming. It'll be yeah. here before you know it. Uh, there is a new seek function displaying larger thumbnails, making specific sections of videos more vid- visible. Uh, I like that. So when you're like looking at the thumbnails, uh, you can get a better idea of what's going on there. That's not bad. There's um, a, a plus and a, a negative side to this. And I know you personally have had to deal with this yourselves. You, you gotta, you, I'll just say it. You have to put those thumbnails somewhere. Yep. 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 That's, uh, can use up a lot of room if anyone's going to be able to afford the storage it's going to be google but like well they already have the thumbnails right they're just going to make them bigger on the screen 
Mm, oh, okay. Are they actually increasing the resolution of their thumbnails, or are they just making it take up more screen space? I guess. I guess that's two fundamentally different solutions to the same problem. I think that they are just making them bigger on the screen. In that case, I think that's the right call. As long yeah. as like, yeah, if you're scrubbing a video to find something, you're obviously not watching the video that you're there for. Yeah, good call, Google. I really like this one. It's a mobile feature called Stable Volume, which should just be on everything. Yeah, uh, I was I'm glad you said that. Yeah. Just take this off of YouTube and put this on the phone. There's nothing I hate more when I'm watching something and all of a sudden the video, like, what do you call that? Where you deep fry it? That was a meme in like the last decade. I don't Fucking know. hated it. I hate so much. And I talked to one of my, uh, one of my old coworkers about it. I'm like, why is it that during movies... Like the dialogue will be super quiet and then it will get to like explosions and stuff and it like doubles in volume. And he's like, you know, I don't know exactly the reason, but I assume it's because that's the exciting part. So that's what they want. Like they want you to like focus on and grab your attention. Um, yeah, audiences are dumb. They need to be told yeah. when something excited is happening in front of them. So what this will do will minimize sudden volume changes to prevent, prevent ear damage when watching with headphones. It is accessible under additional settings. Um, mobile viewers can now lock the screen to prevent interruptions or accidental taps by tapping screen lock in the settings menu. YouTube will make exceptions for certain ads and in-app notifications. Yeah. I do kind of like the first part, though. Like, if you're watching a thing, like, you're, say you're, you set your phone down and you're watching a video... Uh, and you don't like if you touch the screen, it's not going to let you do anything um, or it's not going to break anything uh, on the screen. I, I think that's fine because there have been times where like I set my phone down and my like thumb accidentally presses a different video and it's like new video playing like son of a bitch. Then I have to go back to the old video. Um, I don't even know why they're doing this. This next one. Uh, it'll add a Shazam-like music search, allowing users to find songs on YouTube Music by playing, singing, or humming the tune. I'll I'll tell you why they they could do that because because they already have the ability to do that in other features, and they're just copying and pasting it over. That's true, but I why does it need to be in more than one place? I hate when people do that. I think it's funny though that they're that you can just like hum or sing it, and they'll be like, oh yeah, that's that's the song, right? Um, I'm so, sure it'll be very miss and miss and miss and sometimes hit. Yeah. Across all devices, YouTube is consolidating the library and account sections. The new U tab, replacing the library tab, contains users' history, playlists, downloads, purchases, and account information. Cool. So they're just they're they're just tweaking the UI a little bit. Um, interactions with creators will uh, will receive new animations for a flashier experience. When someone in a video says something related to the platform, like the usual like and subscribe, the corresponding buttons will glow. Uh, I guess. Yeah. Cool. I think the people... Uh, let me try that again. I think the reason people aren't clicking those buttons is because it's a shitty way to gauge metrics and interaction. It is, uh, and I agree, but I also... I, I, like, I don't get mad at the creators or anything when they're like, Hey, like, and subscribe, because I know that's Correct. what, that's how they get people to, to get higher up in the algorithm. That is playing by Google's rules, not by the content creators rules. As far as I concerned, neither the, the content creator nor the, the 
the audience yeah want that uh coincidentally i just want to say if you're watching on youtube please like and subscribe <laughs> don't forget to hit that bell yeah and make a comment below on if you like the like and subscribe button. if you fucking hate nathan's gut let us know why to, on below in the comments <laughs> Uh, and that's it. There's there's no real other features that I'm seeing. Um, uh, it does say that they're updating the comment ranking system with a more dynamic, uh, which I've actually seen. Uh, when I'm like watching a video, I'll see the like comments and stuff start changing down below. Um, All right. I haven't paid attention. I'll have to start making a note to look. Yeah. Um. And other than that, we're going to move on to the next one, which is the kind of infuriating one. Uh, not for me. Uh, I don't think it's it's for you, but it is for people who really like uh, Super Smash Brothers, basically. That's it. Uh, Nintendo is rolling out new guidelines for competitive play, and it's not very good. It's not great. Uh, this is from Destructoid. It says, here are a few of the guidelines that stood out to fans. Community tur tournaments may not generate commercial revenue except as permitted by these guidelines. Okay, I, I kind of understand that one. Like, hey, you have, to, you have to meet these guidelines to be able to get revenue from, from doing your, your tournament or whatever. That's fair. But then the guidelines are stupid. Um, only 200 players can participate for in-person events, while 300 are allowed for online events. It's not a lot of people. I mean, for if you're a community tournament, that's usually like once it's it's like when you go down to your game shop and play games. So I I'm think, assuming this is talking about like world championships. Like this, this no, isn't a rollout just for like no. people who are no, no, no. We'll talk about that in a minute. So, uh, no use of game consoles and ex uh, accessories and software that are not licensed by Nintendo. That's right. Buy our hardware. Also, did something change I, in grammar since I was in school? Because I've seen it a lot where people will do consoles, comma, accessories, and software with no comma after accessories. What you are referring to is the Oxford comma. The appropriate way is to not have the final one. The last two are included as a batch. Interesting. Okay. Because I've always done it, and I was always taught to do consoles, you know, comma, accessories, comma, and software. But I guess the problem that is you... That's the way that I was taught as well, and I have since been corrected uh, by people who, like, do this shit for a living at, while I was at college. Weird. So I have started doing that, and no one has yelled at me since. Okay. I'm probably still going to do it the way I was taught, but language does change. Uh, you can change, like, uh, I found out a while back... Uh, from somebody who was in college that they have changed it to where you can start sentences with and now. Apparently. And we're going to move and on. And they weren't <laughs> telling a, a joke or anything? It took me a second to think of something that could apply to that. Uh, no. I'm so no, very cooked into not doing that. Yeah, apparently you can start sentences. Well, I, it might have changed since then, but from what she was telling me in her English class, they now allow you to start sentences with and. And nobody gets in trouble? Apparently, they do not get in trouble anymore. That is, they have changed the language. Damn. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're going to move on. No viewership fees for tournaments held online. So you can't... Pay for view it or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You can't, you can't be like, hey, you have to... 
uh, pay $5 or be a subscriber, like have a subscriber only Twitch thing. You have to, you have to allow everyone to watch it, which I think that's fair. It says this one's the one that I don't like, which is no third party compensation for organizers allowed. This includes the selling of food, drinks, and merchandise. What the fuck are you supposed to do to make money at these? Like, why are yeah. you holding these tournaments just out of the love of the game? Because you're probably not going to get a lot of people to show up in that case. Yeah, I don't, I don't get that. That doesn't make any sense to me. But, um, so that's the biggest one for me. And it says here, according to Nintendo, these guidelines are, regulate not for profit, small scale community tournaments involving games for which Nintendo owns the copyright. Uh, which is typically going to be Smash Brothers and Splatoon. Uh, for larger scale tournaments, organizers would require a license from Nintendo. Otherwise, organizers would need to follow the newly implemented guidelines. What are they going to do? Send in the fucking Pinkertons? Uh, which, uh, yes, probably. I was like, yeah, pro- probably, yeah. You're you're right. Um, so this is not great. It does say here um, somebody from somebody named Jabaley on Twitter uh, said, I'm confident the established events are fine. So anything large scale, like that's already happening. Um, But that any other new ones might be up in flux because of these new guidelines. Um, Some other people said that they're scared for their life, that the new guidelines are extremely concerning, especially for melee events, which makes sense. I have to get a real job. Yeah, I have to get a real job and not host these tournaments all the time. Um, somebody said, I've never been more disappointed in Nintendo than I am today. This is a huge step back for accessibility and gaming, which, yeah, that's a Nintendo for you. Yeah. Um, it said here, the relationship between Nintendo and its competitive community has never been top notch due to a wide range of confusion and uncertainty. A notable rift has formed. Uh, Nintendo's rocky relationship with these competitive players is most evident within the Super Smash Brothers community. Last year, the Smash World Tour Championships, a licensed and large-scale tournament, was canceled by leaders at the last moment uh, by the company, despite the organizers meeting the qualifications. So Nintendo was just like, nah, you're not able to do it. And they're like, but we meet the qualifications. Like, nah, it's cool. Can't do it. Uh, so not not very good, I don't think. Have you ever participated in a tournament like this? Not as a player, but uh, once again, at that same video game lab experience, I certainly was oversaturated with it. Yeah, I've done like small, small, small tournaments. Like uh, I remember when I went to PDX Land one year. This was in like 2006, 2007. I did a... I did a Halo tournament, and it was a free-for-all tournament or something like that. And that's it. I haven't done really anything else. Not really into... I'm not very competitive when it comes to games. But, yeah, so... do You you do tournaments, though, right? Like uh, Magic? No. Oh. I mean, like, I like to play these games, but much like yourself, I I, I don't really have a competitive bone in my body. Oh, okay. Because people who get into that mindset while playing games ruin the game for me. That that makes sense. I know because I know they do. Wizards of the Coast also has a lot of rules surrounding their tournaments and who qualifies to like host the tournaments and everything. And if you don't, if you don't meet those rules, 
then you can't host tournaments for them. So that's why I was, I was just wondering if you had ever participated in those. My brother did once. I like, I've heard the story of them going to like Allstate arena or something like that. Like uh, a big conference center where it was just folding tables and kids playing magic. Yep. And you can smell it from the outside. Yeah. That <laughs> one of the things that I find funny is that New Japan Pro Wrestling partnered with Nivea. And so before the event, there were a bunch of commercials playing on like the, the big TVs that they had there at that sumo arena. And it was like uh, the professional, wrestle- professional wrestlers were lathering up with body wash. And <laughs> when you, you get like goodie bags, whenever you go to wrestling or any event, really, you get like a little goodie bag. Yeah, swag and bag. One of the one of the pieces of swag in there was a tiny bottle of like travel body wash. Hey fans, you fucking stink. Yeah, and I was like, first off, perfect marketing because we're definitely the people who need this. And secondly, that body wash is really good. I bought like a, a three pack of it. Hey, it worked. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, lather's really nice. Anyway. That's a, that's I'm just saying, if Nintendo really wanted to make a positive difference by putting rules into tournaments, they'd have a rule saying you need to, you know, bathe, have, have some basic hygiene. That's all I'm saying. I feel like we've been talking about how much people stink on the show for like the last month now. Yes. Uh, I mean, I, I haven't been here for a while. So, that's probably a you thing. But anyway, uh, that's it. That's, that's all we're doing. Uh, I will. I'll talk to you next week. That's it's it. It's the end of the show. It's all the stories. It's all the stories. We had nothing to fucking talk about. Yeah, it was a slow week this week. Yeah, I looked for like an. I told Connor before that I looked for like an hour and a half, and I couldn't find anything to talk about this week that really mattered. So hopefully, this next week will be more lively. Uh, and happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. I already ate all my Halloween candy. I got a bunch of candy from Japan, and I am I haven't eaten a lot of it, uh, but I bought a lot for my girlfriend, and I, I know that if I gave her all of the candy right away, she would just eat it all. So I've been slowly giving her like different pieces of candy. Here you go, your daily, ca- your daily candy stipend. Yes, exactly. But uh, I will see you next week. Thank you for being here, Connor. I was here. I'm all you got, buddy. That's all I got. Goodbye. Goodbye.